what is off the groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack. Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. Episode number 81. What's the date today? May, May 31st. Tomorrow is June 1st. That's crazy. Wow. It feels like it's been years since we've run a flat track race. Well, we've talked about them. We've set them up and we've rained them out. I mean, it, it really feels like a long time. We got the singles in and that was a really long, really hectic day for me, but really good racing. Um, but the twins, you know, I, I'm, I'm like, it seems like I have dust on my notepad over here from the twins. Yeah, I feel it's, I maybe feel it extra because I only saw a little bit of the TT. Um, so I, I, I didn't even get my fix from the TT because I was wrapping up my, my stuff on the motocross uh, end of things. Well, I, I like the TT. I, I feel really bad for Ryan Sipes. He threw it away again. This time Man. it was on lap two in the final corner while leading it. And uh, he was fast all day. Um, but Janish was right there. I mean, nothing, no, not taking anything away from Janish, but I feel bad for Sipes. Uh, he would have had something for Janish. It was going to be a good race, and he fell off. Yeah, and Janish knew it too. I think one of the funny things that I heard was <laughs> the first question was, uh, "How did you pull this out?" or something. He, he said, "Well, Sipes fell." So yeah, it's it, it's. Uh, I mean, three for three. That's you can't. And he took the points lead, so getting some respect, well deserved respect, and. Uh, Mixed it up a little bit in points, too. Didn't some other people make some moves in the points? Well, Mikey Rush finished second. He is now third in the point standings. And yeah. then you got Dan Bromley, a solid you know, third place, another podium. He's so consistent. Uh, Ferran Cardus from Spain uh, finished up fourth, so he got some Just points. Just off and the then box. Chad Coast. Yeah. Chad Coast, man, was fast all day. He went down with Jake Lewis in, the, in turn one. I talked to Chad after the race. He got in there so hot. Uh, his his front brake lever actually hit Jake Lewis's jersey, yeah, and it locked the front brake, put him down, and it sent him into Jake Lewis. And Oof. then uh, I think I think Blake Steinwagner ended up getting in the mix of that wreck too. But uh, you know, Chad, that was early in the day. Chad yeah. had to come from the back and fought his way back, fought his back up, and still got a fifth place finish. So uh, impressive, a solid ride for uh, Chad Coase. That Jake Lewis just can't seem to catch a break on these races. Is it just me? No, he's he struggles, and, and I don't know if it's because he's not out there every week yeah. or, or what, but he's just, yeah, he's got a streak of bad luck going on the flat track races for sure. Well, so are we going to look ahead to Red Mile, or you got more to talk about for Springfield? I think that's it for Springfield. It was unfortunate they rained it out. It rained so hard Saturday night. It woke me up a couple times. We got out to the track Sunday, and it was just, I, I knew there was no way we could race Sunday. Yeah. And then they finally, they met with the promoter, Dave and Tomer, and I feel bad for them because the forecast was horrible all week. No fans were going to be there. I think it was a smart decision to go ahead and cancel it. They wait until later on Sunday afternoon to cancel it and reschedule it. I guess postpone it, it's the official word, but postpone it to a double header in the fall. I just kind of wonder now what's going to happen with the short track for the singles riders. Well, that was going to be my question, right? Like, and I still think there's maybe the jury's out. I don't know if there's made been decisions made. Maybe you can ask some questions there when you get to Lexington this weekend and kind of get some clarification because I, I don't think a lot of people know the answers right now. I don't think they know the answer right now either. I think they have to run on the short track, and I think it'll probably happen on a Friday night yeah. and a doubleheader mile Saturday and Sunday, and then that way they have a rain date for Monday just in case anything happens. Dude, can you imagine? That's going to be a crazy weekend in the fall. 
Another it's gonna be fun. Another double header. Triple. Make it a triple header. Triple we have header. Track on Friday. That would be holy moly! I didn't even think about that. That'd be awesome. You think Brandon Robinson will win a double header like he did back in the day? That's very possible. And that was one mistake that I did make last week. What? And I was corrected. Don't make mistakes. I, yeah. Hollywood, Scotty Dubler made what? a mistake. So I what? said, I guess I said last week that when Robinson won back to back, he was riding for T.J. Burnett Farms, which is true. Yeah. I think. Evidently, I said that he his mechanic was Brent Armbruster, which was not true. His mechanic was James Hart. Oh. Uh, him and his dad, Roy, actually rebuilt that engine that week leading up to it. And uh, he won back-to-back -back miles. That was in 2013. So my fault. I do make mistakes every once in a while. So, Good to know people are listening, yeah. So, And oh. I, I didn't mean to take anything away from James Hart, that's for sure. So what else? All right. Well, so we're, we're done at Springfield until the fall, and then we're heading to Lexington. There's a lot going on for this Lexington race, and it kind of a lot of it just came together what earlier this week, right? Yeah, just a few days ago. I mean, first off, they've resurfaced it. It is actually really red again. They put some red clay on it. Uh, they've been working on it all week. They have uh, re been receiving moisture already. So if, if we do get to race, it's going to be very, you know, a lot a lot of water in the track. So that that should be good. I hope it should make for some better racing than we've had there in the past. Nice. I love it. For the fans, it's good to go to. There's a, isn't there a casino there? There's a lot of room for spectators. And I, I remember the track being pretty, pretty fun. It was cushiony, right? But it may not be as much this year. I'm, I'm just saying, I think in the past they've scraped some of the stuff off. I think now I think they're just going to leave the surface as is and maybe pack it in. So I'm expecting red dirt. It should groove up. Uh, they may leave it a little cushiony up top. I'm not real sure what they're going to do, what their plan is yet. Yeah. Uh, right now it's packed in really, really tight. Uh, just in case Mother Nature does, you know, dump some more moisture on it, then that way we can still hopefully get a race in. Love it. And this one we'll we'll, we'll get in. I'm gonna go on record. We're getting this one in. I thought you didn't want it to happen. Well, we'll get to that eventually. Oh, okay. It's gonna happen because I want you not <laughs> to be in Lexington, so it will happen, is what I'm saying. But we'll get to that. Oh, in a bit. because you want me to be in Denver. Yeah, I'm going to Denver this weekend for another outdoor moto. And if what you, the, what do they call that one? The Mile High. Yeah, this weekend's Thunder Valley. That's I think that's what they call it, Thunder Valley, right? That's what we call Peoria TT, but yeah, yeah I, I think that's what they call that motocross track out there too. But Thunder Valley yeah, National, right there. I believe. Yeah, just outside of Denver, right? Actually, it's right by my grandma's house, so I'd love to go check that out. I've not been to that racetrack. I've seen it several times, but I've not been out there during the National. We were talking about it before we started recording, and I said if they happen to decide early in the week, which they've done, you are taking a flight out there. If I have to pay for it, I will, and you're going to hang at the... And we're going to go walk around. We're going to go walk around the pits and ask all kinds of questions about flat track. I think that'd be fun. Let's do it. If that happens, right, but let's stop talking about not racing and let's get back to <laughs> well, let's, racing. Let's, let's preview it. I want to talk about the singles first because last year when we were there, we had three different leaders in the singles class. Colby Carlisle took the win. Kevin Stallings was second. Shana Tex was third. Jan Asha actually finished fourth. And then Jordan Harris finished fifth. So three different leaders in the singles class. Uh, Colby's not there. Kevin Stallings, it'll be open the door for him and Shana and I was surprised to see and remember that Janish got fourth there last year. He doesn't typically like ovals, and he doesn't do that well on miles. So maybe he can keep his streak going. I mean, he's doing really good this season. So uh, I, you can't count out Janish in this one, I don't well, think. Well, I've been really eager to see what he's going to do on these miles, right? He's been 
three for three on the TTs, hanging in there on the, on the, on the other races at the short track and the half mile. But he, he did find speed last year. And I even remember you and me talking a little bit because we, in, you know, you always started by saying he's the TT master, but he started showing, showing a little bit of skill on the, on the, and a little bit of speed on those miles last year. He was, I believe, I remember seeing him run up front in Phoenix, you know, the Arizona race too. Um, and, and that track was, was pretty dusty, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I mean, it's obviously going to be the first mile of the year. We've been saying that for three weeks, I feel like, but I feel like the third time's the charm because it will happen this week. Uh, and I do, we're going to see not just, you know, this thing in the singles class, how they perform in the miles, but, but the twins as well. But yeah, the singles for sure is going to be, you know, Shane is going to be in the back in the mix, right? She's always competitive on these miles as well. Um, you got Ryan Wells, I think does good on the miles too. You can't keep him out of the mix. I mean, it's the same people that we talk about every week, but you know, they're, it's a different track, so it's always good to see those transitions to from track to track. Who does evolve to be up in the run in the in the front? And there's what Kevin Stallings is always solid too. I mean, he got to think about him as well. Yeah, I think so. And the new dirt kind of is kind of like an equalizer. It's almost almost like going to a new racetrack again. Wow, it really changes that much. Just throwing a little dirt on it. Oh yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's it's a whole different base. It's it's red clay last year it was kind of it was just a lot different so i think it will change quite a bit i think your gearing will probably remain the same uh you know you never know until you get out there but uh it's also going to depend on what mother nature does so we'll have to wait and see they're also running the production twins for the first time on the mile and uh it's going to be good to see that class as well Corey texture you know two for two this season we'll see how that gng yamaha does on a mile i think every class it's the transition to to that mile we've been waiting now three weeks to to see what they're all doing on them so uh so hopefully we'll get it in this week when i say hopefully i mean we will all three series are going to run on that mile this weekend I'm, I'm calling it and uh it's not just what's going on with the racing this weekend that makes it so big and i think it kind of leads into our first guest that we're going to talk to here in a second but Talk about like what's going on. Don't give away all the details because we'll get into it probably on, on the interview. But it's a real special weekend in in the state of Kentucky um, for a family with the last name Hayden. Absolutely. And, and I like what AFT is doing. Um, Rose and Earl are the grand marshals. And I'm not going to give it all away right now until we talk to our first guest. But uh, AFT is stepping up. They're donating $1 from every ticket to the Hayden, you know, Nikki Hayden Memorial foundation and that's that's huge yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be one hell of a turnout it's gonna be awesome on the track gonna be awesome off the track um and around the track for the whole entire weekend i'm sure before we get into that though let's let's talk about the twins class because we talked about a little off the front we haven't seen these guys in a while um and then we feel like we've set up two races does this race change anything in your mind as from you know we started with Sacramento and you know Smith's success there. We have to Springfield. You know, we still think Smith's going to be running up front. Um, is he dangerous? Is as dangerous on this red mile? I think so. But you know, if Meese is going to shine anywhere right now, this might be it. He won last year by two, you know, almost two and a half seconds. I mean, it was right two point four nine five seconds. So really? two and a half seconds led every lap. So hmm. uh, Smith finished second there last year. The bullet Brad Baker was third. So. Um, this one, it's got to be good for Meese going back to this track, but he's just not on it like he has been the last two seasons. So this might be a turnaround for him. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Ryan Smith, though, you know, he hasn't been on a motorcycle at a Grand National for a long, long time. He's missed the last three races. So his last Grand National was Atlanta. Yeah. That seems like six months ago. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, but he did come back last year after being out after that injury, and come he jumped right back into it. So, I mean, he's been known to come back and just dominate, especially on a mile. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. And I, I think it's a good debate, too, to have over whether Mies is not where he has been or if the competition's just stepped up, man. I think you could argue both sides. So, I, th- I think that's one that'll continue to go throughout the rest of the season. And, you know, what's what's going to matter is we can see who, who's the top of the box every week. Well, that'll tell the story. Absolutely. Robinson's won two, you know, two races this year. Nobody else in this class has. Um, the Bowmans have been on the pole for every main event. Breyer yep. for the first four. Bronson was on the pole for the last race. Yeah. So can't count either one of those two guys. B-Rob. And then the, the fact, yeah. And then the factory Harleys are both stepping it up. And if you look back at your notes, or I looked at my, not my notes, Sammy got fifth there last year on the Harley. And this is where they started making some ground up. Jared's been tough. Sammy got on the po- on the box at Paris, so maybe a Harley might sneak in there. That would be uh that would be ideal for Harley. I know they're looking for that as soon as possible. And like you're saying, man, they're in a better position now than they were last year. And this was where things really started clicking for them. So we might see um, Sammy there. Jared Vanderkoy's been solid, charging um up through the through the through the pack race after race. And uh, don't forget our friend Johnny Lewis is racing this one too. Yeah, Johnny Lewis was going to race at the Springfield Mile. He's riding the BriggsAuto.com Johnny Goad tuned Indian motorcycle. So, and we know how much he's been on a motorcycle. So he's he should be up and ready for it for sure. He uh, actually looked really good at the Springfield TT. He was in the All Star Singles class, and it was good to see him back at a at a race. And I just feel like I got to say this because I'm a fan. Jeffrey Carver, come on. Man, like you're saying, it's the first time in a mile. He may just find a, find something that clicks on a mile and get right back up there. He's he has the opportunity to be competitive week in and week out. Can't leave him out of the conversation. Oh, absolutely, yeah. He's he's always going to be up there. He'll always be in the, you know in our thoughts for a win. So now we can get into our first guest. You said first. That means we got two. Yeah, we got two guests this week. First one kind of came out of the blue earlier this week when some crazy news had uh, had dropped that. We're going to have a Hayden returning to race out of retirement. And that's huge. I mean, it's huge for the sport of flat track because the Haydens are known worldwide. He's not just jumping on a uh, so-so motorcycle either. He's jumping on a race-winning motorcycle and a proven motorcycle racing team. And uh, we get to see Roger Hayden riding the 95. It's going to be 195, but you won't even know the ones there, I don't think. So he's going to get to run the 95, and that's his road racing number. And it's huge for flat track. It's huge for the state of Kentucky and all the fans that are going to be there because that's where the Haydens are from is Owensboro, Kentucky. So we uh, we hooked up with our girl Andrea, you know, that's there working there with uh, the Estenson, and she uh, connected us straight to Roger. And uh, we got to talk to him a little bit earlier this week about the opportunity, how it came together, and uh, his expectations going into Lexington. Let's take a listen. Roger Lee. What's up? What's up, man? How are you doing? This is Scotty. I'm doing good, brother. How are you doing? Man, I just saw a press release and said you're going to be riding the number 95 at uh, the Lexington Red Mile. Is that is that true? Uh, it's true. Believe it man. or not, I'm uh, I'm excited to, to get there, but a little nervous also. But uh, it should be fun. Get back to a little dirt track and... Uh, See how it goes. When when's the last time you were nervous for a motorcycle race? Uh this kind of nervous. It's been a long time since I was a really underprepared nervous. 
So okay. uh, usually I just have like the normal nerves, but this one is different nervous because I haven't rode a twin in over 15 years and I've only rode a mile like twice. That's the only thing that I'm a little bit nervous about, but uh, I don't know. It'll be fun. We'll try to figure it out as we go. And I know we got a uphill climb, but I got a great team and all that stuff. They did great. I mean, JD's won on the bike this year, so clearly the team's good. So uh, just got to get there and get going. All right. So we were wondering when this, you know, when they first announced the season and there's some conflicting dates, which way JD Beach was going to go. So how did this come about to put you on the motorcycle? When, when did you guys make that decision and how did that go down? Uh, my brother called me Sunday night on his way home from Springfield wow. and asked if I was interested. In it. Yeah. And asked if I was interested in it. I said, yeah. Uh, you know, I've been thinking about dirt track a little bit anyways, to be honest, because I, you know, I watch all of them on fans choice and, follow all the racing so i was kind of already thinking about it a little bit and then when he called me and you know first i you know i wanted to do it but at the same time in the back of my mind i'm i'm a competitor i'd like to go testing and ride the bike and and then i was like ah you know what let's just go for it and uh so yeah it, it happened quick it was sunday night he called me and now we're trying to piece it all together Wow, so you didn't even skip a beat. You, it was instantly you said, yes, let's do it? Uh, I skipped a little bit of a beat, yes. I didn't just <laughs> jump right on because I was like, you know, I was like, man, I I haven't rode a twin in so long, and it'd be cool to ride it first. But at the same time, these opportunities don't come up all the time to, you know, jump on good equipment. And Absolutely. So I don't know when it could happen again. And really, honestly, there's no pressure on me because I guess I'm semi-retired now. But I wanted to do it, and I was just, you know, I guess I would like to be more prepared. But it was okay. We went to some local car track today, and I got in about six or seven laps before it started dumping rain. So uh, at least got, like, five laps isn't the greatest on a short track, but... It it's still something, I guess. Yeah, you got to feel it and go fast and turn left a little bit. So let's talk about the team with that good equipment. Um, what are your thoughts on the team and, and what Tommy's doing with Team Essenson so far this season? Well, I think they're doing great. I mean, J.D., I mean, obviously, J.D. missed, has missed two main events. But, I mean, one of them because he crashed. But besides that, I mean, they, he was really fast at Daytona. Uh, he had speed there to... You know, for sure, podium, I think, and possibly win. And, uh, you know, Ryan Wells has won a race. Now JD's won a race also. So I definitely think, you know, they're on the on the rise for sure, but they're also, they're like the only ones on, on the Yamaha. So they have to, there's a lot of trial and error when you're trying to figure out how to uh, perform at a high level, like, you know, Jared Mees and guys like that. But, I think they're doing good. You know, I met Tim in Austin, Texas, the MotoGP race, and, uh, you know, he was a super nice guy. And they're they're committed to that program, that's for sure. And they both want to win. So I know they work a lot. I know Tommy spends countless hours trying to figure out how to make the bike better. And So they, I think they know they still have some work to do, but, you know, they're making progress. 
and you know it's not going to happen overnight so uh you know they just got to keep moving forward and hopefully you know i can try to help some as well you know it's always better to have more than one guy on the bike and you know this week you know there'll be me i think ronnie jones is racing as well which is kind of cool because he was my hero growing up awesome uh, Mine too. Jones was. yeah so that'd be kind of cool but you know you have a lot more guys on the twin to give feedback to try to speed up the development and you know stick around and do the test on sunday as well to try to try to get more comfortable i hope it goes well because uh you know maybe i can try to do the other one that jd's gonna miss if if it goes good and everything's a success but we'll have to wait and see all right so what what expectations do you have for saturday night i mean what's your goals what what do you want to do what do you want to accomplish really i i mean i think it'd be a huge accomplishment if i made the main you know the competition is so tough and you know they only take 16 guys now and you know i think that's realistic being able to to not ride a twin in so long to you know i think it'd be i think it'll be tough for me to make the main but i think that would be kind of the the goal at least close to it you know i don't want to embarrass myself so uh i don't know i'd like to make the main but i say it's just for fun but as a racer i know that's going to go right out the window as soon as i go out on the track because it already changed it's supposed to be just for fun and then i want to test the bike and on and on and on so you know how it goes when you're you used to race you know how it is when you go to even like a local race just for fun when i go ride with jd and those guys and we go training it's not for fun i mean it's (laughs) competition so uh i want to do good i hope to make the main and um really what i just hope to do is just get better each session and each time i'm on the bike and then that could carry over to other other events possibly all right, that sounds good. So, what are your thoughts on JD running for you know for both championships? You said, like you said, he's missed two main events. That probably had some decision making of him going road racing this weekend. But how hard is it? Do you think you know for him riding full season for both road race and flat track? I mean, I think that's incredible what he's trying to do. It is incredible. Uh, a lot of people I don't think realize how hard that really is. Not just the racing, but the travel. Since I think the flat track in Atlanta, uh, his next weekend off isn't until next weekend. Wow. So even though he didn't race Springfield, he was still there. So it wasn't right. necessarily a off weekend. But if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be that guy. Because, you know, J.D. is all about motorcycles. He trains his butt off. He does everything that you're supposed to do. But... It's got to be hard jumping back and forth each week and, you know, just the travel and, you know, going out and testing the road race bike and testing, you know, all this different stuff and staying in shape. But he's juggling it, and I know he's definitely trying to focus uh, a lot on his body when he's tired, giving himself a break and regrouping. But it's definitely, uh, it's definitely impressive to win a superbike race and a flat track, well, two weekends in a row, but basically the same week, Saturday to, you know, the next Sunday, like eight days. So I think it's cool to watch, too. It's like, even though I'm friends with J.D., but as a spectator, some guy that's trying to do both to know how hard it must be and 
So I think it's cool. I think he's doing a good job. I know it's got a, each team probably is thinking in the back of their mind which one's he going to choose if it comes down to it. So, uh, but I know JD loves flat track, but I know he wants to. He has stuff that he wants to prove on the road race side. He's working hard at both, and it was kind of cool that me riding his bike, being able to ask him a couple questions, and you know, like I had to try on his leathers and see if they fit and. I don't know. Sometimes it can be weird when somebody jumps on your bike because you never know, is this guy trying to take my ride or or whatever? It's just an uneasy feeling, but I think he knows that that's not what, what's going on here. So he was definitely really cool about it. And so we went cycling yesterday, and I asked him a bunch of bunch of questions, and it's just uh, it's just cool as a fan to see him try to do both, and I hope he can keep it going at a at such a high level. Yeah, me too, for sure. So you're filling in for flat track this week. Do you think you'll have, ever get a chance to fill in for road race if he wants to race flat track when they're racing at the same time? I would consider that for sure. You know, road races, yeah, I mean, I've thought about that. I would definitely have to be on a good team like the one he's in. So if he wanted to uh, do a flat track, I would, you know, I would consider filling in for him on the road race side just because he's on such a good team. A lot of it to me is, it's about the team. You know, I, I don't want to just jump on anything and fill out the the grid. I want to, you know, if I jump on something, I want it to be competitive. So his superbike's competitive, his flat tracker's competitive. So I guess my full-time job now could be JD's fill-in guy, I guess. <laughs> I love it, man. I mean, we couldn't pick somebody better or faster, and you guys run the same number, so I think it's perfect. Um I, I hear know you the fall. only downside of it is, is he's doing so good, he's making a shoot, you know, getting a little heavy to feel, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that, but yeah, he's won in both series now, so uh, you're gonna have some uh, big, big shoes to fill in when you when you when yeah. you ride that bike on Saturday. So yeah, I hear shoes you. aren't that big though; they're only about a size seven. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Was gonna... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, are you bringing your own steel shoe, or are you going? Is he letting you borrow his steel shoe too? I mean, your feet are gotta be bigger than a seven. They're barely bigger than his, but okay. I'm actually borrowing uh, Ron Wells' spare boots. All so right. Cool. It's not the ideal situation, but it, it's good enough and just got to make do with what we got. You know, we have four days to get ready. and Yeah. So uh, definitely would like to have a little more time, but, you know, you can't sit there and dwell on that. You got to move forward and, you know, try to make it the best you can and i feel like you know all that stuff aside is not going to be the not going to be the the problem so you know i have to wear uh they have a team sponsor with dane easy so uh there was a bunch of things you have to figure out it, it sounds kind of easy but we got it sorted we're ready to go and you know i can't wait for saturday being in you know kentucky my parents are grand marshals and you know every dollar the ticket sales is going to nikki's memorial foundation and i can only think that he's got it going to be up there smiling down you know ear to ear you know me racing tom is the team manager my parents are the grand marshal so really i mean i couldn't say no to that yeah that that's one of the things i was going to get into i, I think it's so cool what aft is doing every dollar from every tick they sell are going to that foundation. And, and I just think that's awesome. And, and you're going to have a lot of fans there, a lot of people from Kentucky, 
love the Hayden family. And, you know, basically people from all over the world love the Hayden family. So what they're doing is incredible. So uh, for people that want to know more about the foundation that can't make it, is there a way that they can donate to the Nikki Hayden Foundation? Or do you, can you tell us more about it? Yeah, people more interested in Nikki's Memorial Foundation. You know, we have an Instagram and a Facebook page. It's a Nikki Hayden Memorial Foundation. And, uh, you know, we post a lot of updates and exactly where the money goes to. And it shows different ways to uh, donate, you know, the uh, websites and different things that's going on in the uh, bio. So you can just look at the uh, on Instagram and Facebook, Nikki Hayden Memorial Foundation. And it's so cool for Flat Track to give a dollar of every ticket sales because, you know, Nikki loved Flat Track so much. And, you know, the whole reason behind the Memorial Foundation is to keep his legacy alive. And hopefully, you know, people will come through and can learn that it's more than just being a fast rider or, you know, a great athlete. Nikki's more known for being such a humble and relatable person. So, uh, you know, we want to keep his legacy alive and keep that going. And, you know, really grateful that American Flat Track, you know, is going to help out. So uh, excited about that. Dude, that's awesome. I, I'm, I'm glad they're stepping up and doing that for you guys. That's really cool. I hear you, you're following all the races, and you, you just said you, you listen in on, uh, you know, fanschoice.tv and stuff like that. What sticks out to Roger Hayden when you're watching the races this year? This year what sticks out to me is how competitive it is. You know, last year, or, you know, the last couple years, to be honest, it was kind of the Jerry Me show. And, mm-hmm. you know, would win, and it didn't really matter where he came from or where where he started. But, you know, I'm not saying that he's, he's slow, but there's a lot of different winners this year. And it seems like a lot of guys have stepped up uh, Briar stepped up. I mean, he was on his way to, you know, getting to that level, but it looks like he found another step. Brandon Robinson looks like he is uh, kind of back to his old form. So it's really, it's really cool now to to watch those races and watch those guys battle and just how competitive it is. I mean, there's three or four guys that could win any weekend and we haven't even been to the miles yet and once they go to the miles you've got to throw brian smith in there and you don't know who's going to win and you know the the singles class as well has been really exciting this year too with, with different winners and i don't know it just seems like the racing has been really good yeah i i would agree with you on everything you just said so uh who's going to win the the twins championship this year you can't bet against a guy until somebody really shows that they're going to be a threat to Jared for long term. What are we four okay. races into the season? Yeah, five, five so, for the twin, five for the twins, six for the singles because they had that they got to run Springfield. But yeah, it's it's still early. Jared always is consistent all year. He's, those those guys have to you know really before I would say that I would bet on somebody else to show that they're going to do it for all 19 races or whatever it is, 18 or 19. I know there's a lot. So right. we'll see. But this year I think it's pretty wide open compared to the, some of the the previous years. But it looks like looks like Briar or uh, Brandon can definitely, definitely could challenge him for the title this year. Absolutely. So who's going to win the singles championship? 
Oh, that's a good question. Jesse James right now looks like he's rolling pretty good. Uh, I don't know. I, Dalton Gautier has a lot of real speed. Mm-hmm. You know, just yep. natural speed. And, you know, that might play dividends more because there's a lot more half miles and miles than there is TTs. But um, I say Dalton has a really good chance. That Those points are kind of more spread out than some of the others, but, you know, Jesse Janis is right up there in the, the middle of it. So, uh, Dan Brownlee, he's consistent as well. So, I think that one, Dalton is just so talented and has so much raw speed. I think he's just going to get stronger as the year goes because he's set out for so long. Yeah. And he's going to get, you know, I think he'll just get, like I said, I just think he's going to get stronger as the year goes on. So, We'll see. Ask me about three more races. I might have a better answer for you. Uh, all right, man. I, I love it. You're on. You're on top of it for sure. You didn't miss a beat. You you nailed everything. That that's pr- pretty much what we say every week when we try to predict who's going to win. So we're at the part of the podcast where time it's time for Graham's question. That's my grandma, mm-hmm. and she she loves the Hayden family, and she wants to know who else in the Hayden family tree is going to carry on the family racing tradition. Well, it's not going to be any of. Tommy's girls. So when I don't, my sister has a has a son. So maybe he might. And uh, I don't know. I'm hoping to, you know, me and my wife's ready to start having some kiddos. So hopefully we can have have a little racer because, uh, you know, I'm I'm getting I'll be 36 tomorrow. So somebody else <laughs> had to step <laughs> up and carry the flag before long because right on. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little long in the tooth. So yeah. <laughs> hopefully somebody does. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. I hope somebody does for sure. So at the end of the episode, we do rapid fire questions. So uh, tell me the first thing that comes to mind when I ask the questions. Here we go. What's your favorite bike you've ever ridden? MotoGP bike. Okay. What's your favorite track? It could be any track. I mean, you've ridden a lot of tracks, probably more than anybody we've ever had on the podcast. What's your favorite track you've ever been on? Barber. Okay. What's your favorite flat track memory? Oh, that one's easy. Podium with my brothers. Hell yeah. That, that, man, that is a uh, very, very special moment. That's awesome. So are the Chicago Bears ever going to be a decent team again? <laughs> decent? <laughs> uh, last year, I mean, I, I, I think the Packers, what were, they were watching, weren't they, when the playoffs started? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the just, Bears, we're, we're back. So I'm I'm uh, I'm excited. Actually, today I was watching videos from their training camp. So I'm I'm excited. I hope I hope they're good because I've already bought tickets to the first game of the year. What so about, what usually about? when I do that, they they really let me down. Okay. Well, are they going to go to the Super Bowl this year? I mean, you're that excited? You're that confident? I wouldn't bet on it. No, but. I think we have a chance. I do think that we – I wouldn't be surprised if we went to the Super Bowl, but I'm not going to bet my house on it right now. I'm not that confident, no. Okay, all right. Uh, What are you doing for your birthday tomorrow? I have no plans. Tommy's daughter made it to state in tennis. Nice. uh, It's in Lexington, actually. Yeah? So she's only a freshman, and uh, her – she's going to be there, and some of the other families going to watch her. So we're going to celebrate on monday so me and my nieces we've already decided we're going with the ice cream cake so we got that squared away nice and uh my sister jenny's home from utah so 
looking forward to celebrating that with the with all the family. And tomorrow night we'll be just getting ready for Lexington, man. Uh, okay. Coming up quick, got got stuff to get ready. So we'll have to we're gonna hold off on the birthday celebrations. Hopefully, get some other stuff to celebrate. Hopefully, a good weekend. There you go. I, I'm right there with you. So uh, I'm a stats guy. I'm a numbers guy. So uh, why do you run number 95? I run 95 because I thought it looked good. On, I thought it looked cool on a motorcycle when Anthony Goldberg uh, used it whenever I first started road racing. I just okay. thought I liked the way it looked on the bike. But I really didn't know if I wanted to use his number because he couldn't really ever pass a drug test. And I didn't want people to think that's why. I was rocking a 95 because I like I like the way he uh, I liked his habits. It was because I thought the number was cool on the bike, and so yeah, that's it. That's kind of okay. stuck with me. And now JD runs it, and so I always get to tease JD about always calling him Little 95 or 95 yeah. Junior. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, final question: What are you most proud of? What am I most proud of? I don't know. I'm pretty proud of the uncle that I am to my nieces. Oh, uh, man. That's awesome. You know, just, you know, I play baseball with them. I go to their games. You know, they're down an uncle, so I got to step up, you know, and carry a little little extra weight. So, uh, yeah. you know, I take, I take pride in that, take them swimming and, you know, go get ice cream and just, you know, it's, it's all about family and, for me, I'm pretty proud about that, and I'm just—I don't know. There's other stuff I'm proud about. Just you know, when you read when people say good things about you, and you know, it's kind of—it makes you feel good. You know, when they talk about you being a good person or whatever. So, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of my success, but I don't know. I really—I really love being an uncle. So Dude, that's awesome. So cool. You know, I've never heard one bad word about any anybody in the Hayden family it's always good you guys are always so cool so cordial and you're always there for the people and I think that's why the people love you um we're at the very end and usually it's our time to ask you if you want to say thank you to anybody so I know you haven't been racing for a little while but I mean you can thank anybody you'd like to right now it's your chance really you know I just got to thank everybody at uh, American Flat Track for helping make this happen all the guys at, at AFT, and of course Tim and Estes and all the people there for for thinking about me. And you know they had extra work to do to to put me on the bike, and you know my brother. So I just got to thank all them, and uh, you know Monster Energy supports me, and you know also my my family and friends. You know just everybody stays behind us, and. Uh, you know, everybody supports our family still. And, and, you know, I don't think people realize the words of encouragement and the 69 stickers and, you know, all that stuff, how it gives the family, especially my parents, a boost. So just, you know, when I get a chance, I just like to always thank everybody for, uh, you know, for that support during some, it's easy to have supporters when you're winning, but, you know, in the tough days, they're there too. So that's, uh, you know, that's great. And I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. I know there's 69 stickers all throughout the pit area. I've got one on my clipboard that goes with me to every race. So, uh, again, Roger, thanks so much for your time. I know you got things to do, and uh, we'll see you this weekend. And best of luck to you, man. I, I really do uh, mean that. And I, I'd love to see you up there on the box. If not, put it in the main event first. But, uh, man, good luck to you. All right. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. 
I, I'll tell you what, man. I know I came into this flat track thing pretty late, but uh, you could just tell listening to, to the Hayden, any Hayden talk earlier when we talked to Tommy, you know, a, a month or so back, and and tonight uh, or today when we talked to our Roger, man. Hell of a family. I mean, really cool family, um, real down to earth, and uh, they definitely love motorcycles and the sport of flat track. They definitely love flat track, and they started on flat track motorcycle bikes when they were little itty bitty kids, like three and four years old. So they've been doing this for a long, long time, and it's going to be good to see Roger back at the Grand National. He said it's been a long time since he rode a twin. First things first, put it in the main event, and then focus on maybe a top ten, and go from there. I think you know only riding the bike once before the race uh it's going to hurt him a little bit but it'll take him a little bit of time to get used to it uh but he's you know he's a motorcycle racer like he said he puts that helmet on to win and uh he'll he'll charge towards the front i think it's just like riding a bike <laughs> um <laughs> oh man i look forward to it and just i mean being the novice fan that i am I feel how important it is and how cool it is. So that's pretty that's pretty sweet. And dude, hats off to Roger for taking the time to have a conversation with us about it. Um, tell us a little bit more in detail, you know, his thoughts, not just on this this opportunity, but, you know, how the season's going for him. It's always cool to hear from somebody outside of Flat Track that is such a respected name talk about what's important to them as, as they watch and the what, series. And what was cool, too, is, you know, we asked him some questions about, you know what's going on this year and he knew exactly what's going on this year i love yeah. that he's been keeping up with the you know the sport and that that's really cool to me that's not all we got we got another cool interview for you right after this one i know this this one is one that you've been wanting to do for a little bit i saw a message um that actually a post that dan bromley made last week i think it was on facebook or some social social media where you know aft's missing a cool story here and it was jordan harris you know we talked about him at the beginning of the season um, so I saw that post. I reached out to Jordan, and uh, he's he said, yeah, man, let's make it happen. So um, we're able to get him on for this week's episode, too. So we're, we're going to talk to Jordan Harris here in a second. Dale Jones has been wanting me to talk to Heath Reed for a long time. He's the owner of River Rat Cycle Fab. He is going through a lot of flooding. He has to get in a boat to go to his job, and he's still hardcore, dedicated into the sport of flat track and it's just for the love of flat track they're not making money off this they're doing it for the passion for the love of the sport so i've been wanting to talk to either heath or uh you know jordan harris for a long long time no it's awesome i mean not just what the team's doing but jordan harris himself right like uh, we'll, we'll get more into his story and why it's so cool um but yeah i thought it'd be you know what a cool episode to have roger you know pop in and then uh hear this cool story from jordan i think it'll be thought it would be some cool interviews what do you think Ziggy likes it. <laughs> Ziggy's in the episode. Um, calling. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Good. You sound just like Corey Texter when you answer the phone. No, don't say that. Hello. <laughs> Hello. You sound just like Corey Texter. It must be a Pennsylvania thing. Yeah, maybe. He's only about an mm, hour, hour away, so pretty close. Okay. All right. Well, I apologize for calling you late. Some other guy decided he wanted to come out of retirement and race this weekend, and, and he decided he wanted to be on off the groove as well. So we, we just got thrown with Roger Lee Hayden, so no pressure on you know, going after Roger Lee, okay? Okay. That's pretty cool that he's coming back for this weekend. That'll be cool to watch. Yeah, it's going to be exciting for sure. So uh, unfortunately, two rainouts in a row. Hopefully we can get this weekend in. 
I know this weekend I keep checking the weather every day and 40, 50% chance, but scattered thunderstorms, you never know what could happen. That's right. That means there's a 60 to 50% chance it's not going to rain, right? Oh, yeah. I'm not too worried. See how the new surface is and go from there. Yeah. I heard it's actually really red now. They actually put some red clay out there on it, so it should be pretty exciting. Good. I hope it's a nice groove for us. Yeah, me too. Well, let's get in. Let's, let's just dive in and get to know Jordan Harris because not a lot of people do know you. I don't know you that well nope. myself. So uh, where, where were you born? I was born in Lebanon, Pennsylvania. It's about uh, 20 minutes south of my hometown, Pine Grove. Okay. So are you Amish? Nope. <laughs> okay, I'm just checking. That's I, all work, I, hear about. I work like the Amish. Okay. What does that mean? Well, I work underground. I mean, no uh, no power down there, really. Just everything by hand, dynamite, hard work. Feel like nice. an Amish guy some days. Nice. Sounds like you're a mole. Yeah, groundhog. Some people call me a groundhog. All right. Well, we'll get into your work get... here in just a little. I was gonna say we'll get into your work here in just a little bit, but I want to know more about how you got into motorcycles. So, what what's it like growing up in Pennsylvania? I know people that grow up out there. You know, a lot of race car drivers are growing up out there. It seems like a lot of fast motorcycle people. You know, people come from Pennsylvania as well. Yes, they do. I mean, when we grew up, our local district was stacked. We had like Corey and Shana, Brandon Robinson, Jake Johnson, Jarrett Meese, Johnny Lewis. I mean, we had a tough crowd around here in District Six, but. I grew up racing motocross until I was about 12. All right. So how'd you how'd you get into motocross? I mean, what was that like, and, and how young were you when you started doing that? Well, my brothers were – I have older brothers who are 10 years older than me. So my dad raced flat track, amateur flat track, and then my brothers, they went motocross, and so I just followed them, went to motocross races, started on a PW50. Went, my first race was a hair scramble. So I raced motocross till I was about 12, and then my dad wanted to try flat track, see if I'd like that. Did your dad try to push you into flat track, or did you just have enough racing motocross and want to switch over? Well, motocross, I just wasn't as good. He's like, well, let's try this. Winter came around, and a bunch of people were ice riding in a local pond nearby and went out there and started ice riding with guys like Jake Johnson, Kevin Varnes, Mike Varnes, Chris Carr. They're all out there. I'm like, wow. Went out there, rode an XR100, like 11 years old, and I was going in circles, and I'm like, wow, oh, this is pretty fun. So went to Timonium Indoors that winter, I think 2001, and then headed to, took the knobbies off my RM85 and went to trailways and put flat track tires on it, and then all over from there. Right on. So then you, you're just hooked on flat track from that moment on? Yeah. Yeah, my dad took me to a flat track race when I was little at trailways to watch amateurs and I sat there and I'm like, eh, not really. I don't really like it. And he's like, all right, whatever. But when I rode on the ice all winter, I was like hooked. I really like to go in a circle. All right. So uh, what type of tracks did you grow up on out there? I know I've been out there a few times and you got a combination of both. You got some pea gravel and you got some clay, you know, clay racetracks. So which ones did you grow up on and which one do you like best? Well, we had a lot of quarter mile tracks like go-kart tracks and, all of them were pretty much clay. We had York was pea gravel and Gratz Fair is pea gravel, but really only rode on pea gravel about once or twice a year, and everything else was clay, groove tracks. So I got really used to riding on a groove, and that's why I do better on groove tracks. Are you racing anything else besides flat track now, or are you just 100% focused on flat track? Just flat track. I mean, air scrambles every now and then just to try to 
keep in shape. It's fun. You get to, you go out there for two hours and try to hold on to your motorcycle for two hours. It's like really good endurance. I did two of them this year when I'm not racing at a flat track. And after the red mile this weekend, I got two I want to do in June. Are you any good at them? Uh, it's pretty much, I, everybody's on a light two stroke and I take this KTM 450 out and it's like, <laughs> Am I going to last two hours? So I just tell myself, you're holding on for two hours. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, no wonder everybody's on a 125 two-stroke, 190 pounds. I said, who wants to ride a 450 two hours through the bush? <laughs> yeah, they're a lot lighter. I raced some cross-country stuff oh, here, yeah. is what they called it. And, man, the 125 is just a whole lot lighter. But the only thing with that is oh, I know. it seemed like, seemed like I'd have to stop and get gas because, you know, you keep that thing wide open to yep. get through the woods. Yeah, I'd like definitely. I really like doing them. I'm thinking about that now lighter two stroke because it's great endurance i said you can hold on two hours through the hair scramble it makes you a lot better at the springfield mile all right hold yeah, on absolutely yeah <laughs> i don't know a whole lot about your racing career i know i keep saying your name more and more often lately and i want to talk a little bit about, about 2018 you end up 20th in the in the singles point standings uh was that a good year for you did were you happy with that well i wanted to do a lot more races i think i only oh probably only did a little over half the schedule maybe 10, 10 nationals and maybe only missed about two main events. So Daytona TT was about the only main event I missed last year. So everything I entered, I made the main, the miles I pretty much got top tens on Sacramento ninth and Oklahoma 10th red mile. I really liked, uh, came from the back row there. I jumped my start, tried to work my way up to fifth and that was a fun race. Right on. And we're going there this weekend. I think that's, you know, one of the reasons I want to talk to you because you got fifth there last year. Last year, you're on your 450 Honda. This year, you're on a, a Kawasaki twin. And, and we'll talk about yep. that in a little bit. But how much confidence does that give you coming back to a track where you succeeded on? It brings a ton of confidence because I really I like the last two years, everybody was like a skinny notch that fits my style. I can hold the groove. I'm really consistent. I can go lap after lap without blowing the groove. And it just I just really like that style of track. The year before, I got seventh, so I got seventh in 2017 and fifth in 2018. So this year, I'm trying to take her up another notch. Yeah, put her on the podium. I, I like that. So yep. you also raced some uh, production twins last year. You got third at the Springfield uh, May race, and then you got fifth in September. So uh, who's twin where you're riding, and, and how'd you like the Springfield mile on the twin? I love the Springfield Mile on the Twin. I rode uh, Roy Miller's Twins. Uh, Jake Shoemaker used to ride for him. I rode his Twins at the Springfield Mile uh, about six times in the last few years, but I like them Twins, and the Springfield Mile is just so fun. I mean, I had a great day, Memorial Day last year. The heat really kicked my butt, and the first day I was glad it rained out because then I got a good night's sleep in the hotel and woke up the next day, re-energized, and went out there and led over half the race till Ender Bitson, and I believe Tristan caught up with me, and we had a drafting battle to the end. Right on. Well, let's talk about what went down between 2018 and 2019 because it seemed like you got a new ride, and how did how yep. did you make the decision to race the production twins for 2019? Well, over the winter... Me and my dad, we decided we were going to run the production twins when that came out because I like riding a twin. I feel more comfortable on a twin. So we were going to race Roy Miller's twin, that bike had been on the previous years. And then uh, RRCF put out that they were looking for a rider, and I got talking to Heath, and we talked a lot over the winter, and it just worked out that we got together, and I'm really happy with them. And they want to work. They got a good team working for me, so we're trying to hit all the races we can. 
All right, so RRCF, I got River Rat Cycle Fab yep. um, out of, out of yep. Davenport, Iowa, and Heath, Heath pretty much does it, you know, rain or shine. I mean, I heard last year they were underwater for a while, and, and he's just, you know, gutting it out, and he's he's into this flat track, you know, both feet on the ground, yes, and he's he just going for it, right? Yes, he is. This year is really hard on him with the Mississippi River being so high. It's been – he boats to his house. He hasn't drove to his house since – March 14th and it's coming up again this week and it's just like man I feel bad for you I said you're trying to get to your house on a boat and then you're trying to get keep these twins running for me and we're running the Springfield train and now and then we're now we're heading to Kentucky and man. so he has yeah, his work cut out for him that's for sure but he's he dedicated sure he loves the sport I'm yeah. very thankful to have him this year yeah that's awesome um so so far You've raced for him at Texas. Did you go to Paris? I don't remember seeing a good finish from you nope. there. Did you skip that one? No. Yeah, we skipped that one. It wasn't our plan to go out to California, and it just with his flooding, and then me and my father, we started a new mine, and we'd just been working a lot, so we decided that it just wasn't feasible for us to drive out there, and which was good because Sacramento rained out. So. so it would have been a little bit of a out. waste, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The last two years, I, I was able to go out in my 450, and it was a great time to travel out there, but this year just wasn't feasible for us to go out. But we're hoping that we're going to be hitting every production race for the rest of the year. We'll be out okay. in Sacramento in August because we're going to Sturges and we're already halfway there. So might as well finish the journey. Yeah, absolutely. So right now you're 16th in the points. You know, there's only been two races, so you've only missed one. So yep. what are your realistic goals for the rest of the season? I just want to get top fives, top 10, stay consistent and try to run up there get on that podium that's really what i want to do i'm getting comfortable on the bike i mean i only rode a handful of times so every time i get on i feel faster and Heath gets used to me and he knows what i want on the bike changes and i come off the track and we communicate and he gets the thing pointed to where i want to go and we're excited we're ready to race we we're hoping for springfield i was really excited for springfield after last yeah. year Absolutely. I would be too, especially with, you know, two top five finishes last year. So the most important, you know, interesting part about you is not what you do on the track, but maybe, you know, what you do away from the track. You're a full-time racer, a full-time father, and a full-time miner. I'm, I mean, I'm assuming it's coal mining. I know they do a lot of salt yep. mining up there too, but you do coal mining, right? Yep. Anthracite coal. It's a hard coal here in Pennsylvania. Okay, and your co-owners with your dad is that is that how I understand? Yep. yep. Me and my dad started this mine together in 2010. Okay. So how many how many people work for you? Is this you and him? Just me and him, and we have three employees right now. At one time, like a few years ago, we'd have I'd have 11 guys underground with me, but this year it's only three guys. Coal slowed down the last couple of years, but it's starting to pick back up. We're hanging in there. It's small business, a lot of a lot right. of hard work. I, I know absolutely nothing about coal mining other than it's underground. And you said just a moment ago that there's dynamite involved. So it yep. sounds like fun, but I've also heard it's a very <laughs> tough, demanding job. It's very tough and demanding. Every Like our mines, they're very different from big operations down in West Virginia and Kentucky. Them are soft. That's bituminous coal. They can use machinery because all their veins lay completely flat. You can go in the mountain with on a golf cart. Our mines up here are anywhere from 90 degrees straight up and down to flat. So my vein runs 45 degrees. So you can figure 45 degree pitch is pretty steep. So we have to use everything and do everything by hand. We drill six foot holes and load them with dynamite and play with dynamite every day. Wow. Fire every day. Wow. 
So a lot of what shoveling. Is a, yeah, I was gonna say, what's a typical day for you? I mean, what time do you guys start? I mean, how long of a day is it? And tell tell me about a typical day for you. Well, typical day, I get to work around six thirty, get dressed, get my light on. On I'm the mine foreman, so that means I have to go down first. I do a pre-shift by law. My dad will let me down. I'll go to my working phase, and I check for methane. That's a gas in a coal mine. And see if the oxygen is good. i got to have the right air. You have to have air through the mine. I check all that. And when everything's good, I yell outside and say, everything's clear down here. Send the guys down. And we usually we try to have coal land to start shipping right away. And, and what do you do? Mine. All right. So what do you do with the coal when it comes out? I mean, do you have – does it go on a truck? Does it go on a train? Yeah. Well, I mean, we dump it out. So it goes in. There's, we call them buggies. It's just like a one-ton buggy. There's a buggy on. It's like a miniature train underground. We lay rails through the mountain underground, and we load the cars, and they come out, and they'll dump in another buggy that's hooked to a big winch outside, a big drive winch, and that's what my dad does outside. We have an intercom system, and when we load the car, we say, take it outside. He dumps it outside, and then once he gets enough for a triaxle load, and he'll call the dump truck. He loads the triaxle, and that takes it to a processing plant. It's a coal breaker, and they clean the coal. They size it, and they use it for home heating, steel, a lot of steel industry, batteries. There's, they use anthracite for a lot of stuff. Wow, and th this is a year-round operation. Like, you could do this seven days yep. a week, right? Yep, yep. We've been busy, busy this year. I mean, me and Dad, we set up a new mine. So racing, it would have been very hard to go racing this year because the funds weren't there because we've been working six days a week. I mean, we've been up there. We had to sh I literally shovel a hole in the ground 200 feet deep. We fire five foot at a time with dynamite, and then we hand shovel it all day long. And we made it down 200 feet where we're at right now, and that's where we started mining again. So Dang. it took everything so we had just to get down there. So how do you balance it, you know, trying to race full-time, race for a championship? You're obviously a, a full-time dad, you know, you're a husband, yep. and and you're trying to do this full-time. So how do you how do you manage to do everything? I don't even know. <laughs> I just do it. As people say, <laughs> I said, I don't get no rest. That's why I just told my wife, I said, man, I'm tired today. She's like, well, it's catching up. We drove all the way. Friday, I got out of the mine at 1230, jumped in the van, drove for a little bit and then i made her drive she finished the trip we got there at three in the morning saturday and then hung out in springfield all day and as soon as we got the text that we're not racing again we canceled our hotel got our money back and we drove home got home at 5 a.m monday because wow. i had to pick up my daughter she didn't go with so then i went right to work all week and now right. i'm like trying to get coal out so i can go to kentucky friday so that it's, it's crazy and then my daughter she's she's four and a half so she runs I get home from work and she's wide open. She doesn't. She doesn't have a pause button. She just runs around the whole house. I have to tire to a wall sometimes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't. They don't know when to slow down until they run out of gas. No, they don't. I take her to the races and we could be at a race till midnight. And she just rides her strider, bicycle, does circles till she falls over. I don't even know how she does it. Right on. So um, she loves the races too. I was gonna say, does she does she like the races? Do you think she'll be a racer oh, one yeah. day? Oh yeah. Oh, her mom says not. I always say, well, let's, <laughs> let's see if she, no. she's like, oh, she can maybe hair scramble flat track too fast. I'm like, eh, on a fifty, we'll stop her when she gets older. <laughs> but that never go. happens. Exactly. So it seems like you know riders go all out like this. I mean, it sounds like you got you know your plan set. You do what you need to do. Um, do you think yep. you can live any other way? I mean, is there is there a slow down button for you at all? I don't know. I just. 
we talk about that sometimes and I'm like, I don't know. I just, I need to race. It's like every year I love it more and more when I was younger, I raced, but it, it wasn't the same. My dad took me racing and he paid for everything. Now I do a lot of it on my own. And it's like, I focus on it so much more now that I'm getting older and I feel like I'm getting better every year. If I was getting slower every year, I probably wouldn't even push it to where I'm going. But every, every time I'm on the track, I feel like I'm better in myself. I'm getting faster. I'm not slowing down every year. I'm gaining. I'm getting better every year. So I'm not stopping until I start going backwards. Right on. Well, keep going forwards. I like seeing you at the track, man. You've been impressive a lot lately. I've been, I've been saying your name an awful lot, but, uh, Man, I, I just appreciate the time with you coming on our podcast here, but it's time for Graham's yeah. question. So Graham wants okay. to know, I think I, I think I know the answer already because you've kind of hinted about it, hinted about it, but how do you get time off of work to go racing? Usually we we notice schedule. So that week I'll be set, I'll have the guys set up. I try to get my coal out and I have them guys, like if I'm leaving to say Thursday, I tell them all what they have to do for Friday and I give them a quota to hit how much coal I went out and usually they get it the last couple of years I went to California and I get them I'd hammer down like before I'd leave I'd get everything set up underground that that I know that they're good for a week or two without me to do things so and mm-hmm. it's hard sometimes but this year's been hard my dad he don't like me to leave all the time but he loves that I'm racing and doing what I love too he supports me if it wasn't for him I wouldn't be where I'm at today so that's awesome so, man very thankful for him Right on. My whole well, family is supportive of me racing. Yeah, well, that's great. You know that 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 definitely helps a whole lot. I've been there, and and it definitely helps to have the fan, you know, the family in your back pocket for sure. So it's yeah, time for rapid definitely. fire questions. I want to know the first thing that comes to mind when I ask you the questions. You ready? Yep. What's your favorite bike you've ever ridden? Kawasaki Twin. All right. What's your favorite racetrack? Oh, geez, uh, Oklahoma. All right. I hope that comes back on the schedule. I've heard some yeah, rumors already, so so yeah, we'll me see. Too. All right. So uh, what's a tougher cleanup, a day at the track or a day in the mines? Uh, day in the mines. <laughs> I imagine so. That's what I figured you were going to do. So uh, um, let's see. What's your favorite food to eat when you're on the road? Tacos. All right. Any Always find a taco place? truck. All taco right. Taco trucks. All we, right. we, we Google that food trucks all along the road. <laughs> Really? That's cool. Yep. If you were, if AFT were to add a race or a racetrack to the national schedule next year, what would you suggest it be? Um, Oklahoma again. Okay. Uh, I like the mile, a big mile at a fair, like at a casino. I like the mile pea gravels too. They're fun. Like Meadowlands is really cool. I should have said that was my favorite because I had a ball there last year. But I really like the casino miles. Gravels where you could just hang on wide open and have fun. All right. So, who wins the production twins championship this year? Me. All right. I love it. What are your finishes going to be at the Springfield Mile back to back weekends? Hopefully, first. Nothing less than a podium, I hope. All right. I That's love what it, I'm going man. for. I need to have I height. Love. I have to set my goals high. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Well, we're at the end of the episode, man. It's your chance to say thanks to anybody you'd like to. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, RRCF, Heath Reed, and all the guys that helped his team out, like Iowa City Break. I met a lot of great guys the last couple of races that support him, and it's awesome. I'm, we're excited to get this racing going. I mean, 
feels like we got a bunch of races to do, and they keep postponing them because of the rain. So hopefully the rain holds off and we can keep racing. I said, hope to see everybody at the Red Mile this weekend, and it's sunny. Yeah, I hope so too. I, I know you're a busy, man. I know you got a, a lot going on, so I'll let you get some rest, and uh, we'll see you at the Red Mile. Okay, thank you, Scotty. Have a good one. Dude, that was a solid one. I like that one. That's a, that's cool. I, I didn't know anything about mining. I probably still can barely scratch the surface, but just listen to what he has to do on a daily basis. It's amazing that he can find time to be a dad, a racer, and a coal miner. He's, he explained it pretty well, too. I feel like I'm ready to throw on a helmet and just jump down there tomorrow. I'm going to go. I'm going to go mole. You just want to play with the dynamite. I, that's exactly. I'm just going to go blow some shit up. <laughs> that sounds badass, dude. Like, it's got to be, like, pretty cool. I mean, it, he does all that, you know, you know for his 9 to 5. Uh, flat tracking, it's got to be super easy for him. It's like a vacation almost, right? It's got to be. It's got to feel like one for sure. Super cool, man. And, and hats off to anybody that can balance. I, I can't even balance my checkbook. And this guy's, like, balancing all this stuff within his life and, and doing doing work. Hats off to you, man. Hats off. That's all I, that's all I got. Ziggy says hey to you. Hi, Ziggy. Wow, man. So that's a hell of an episode, dude. I'm pretty stoked about this one. I am too. It's good. I really liked it. We had we haven't done two guests in a long time uh, on on the same episode. It's yeah. pretty cool to mix it up a little bit. One thing I didn't mention off the top is Dalton Gautier did not make the main event. He was the points leader. You kind of mentioned that there was a shakeup in the points, but I didn't expand on it. So Gautier jumped the start in the heat race. They put him on the fourth row of the heat race, and he rolled the start. They gave him a 10-second penalty and took him out of a transfer spot. You do have a provisional start card to go from a heat race to a semi, but Dalton unfortunately didn't race last year, so he had no points to fall back on, so his night ended early. You hate to see that. You see, hate to see that happen. You know, if uh, if if they do lose a points lead, you want to see them racing to lose the points lead. But you know, the the rules are there for a reason, and you gotta play by the rules. So on to the next one. They'll they'll be back. They'll be they'll be battling for that points lead throughout the year. I think. So also this weekend, Carter tonight is the Dairyland Classic up there in uh, Wisconsin, and a lot of the riders are racing that, and they're gonna drive all night down to Lexington. Look forward to seeing how they roll up there in uh, Wisconsin. And uh, we talked to Bert a couple of weeks ago and uh, looking forward to seeing how that event goes off and how everybody does there. Um, it may be the only race going on this weekend. It could be, except for the other race where you're going to is they don't care for rain. I'm still learning the series, but Eli Tomac was solid. He's awesome. Last week. And he was back to championship form that early in the season. So I think it's going to be a domination from him this year. Well, he'll dominate Colorado. He's from Colorado. He oh, yeah. used, he's used to the altitude. He'll be fast out there. Yeah. Um, I like Roxon though. I do, too. Roxon's a cool dude. Yeah, he's fun to watch. But Tomac is just sick, dude. He's another level. I saw Tomac a couple years ago. I went out to the uh, Las Vegas race where they raced for a million bucks, and he won all three motos and just spanked them. And it was incredible. I was like, there's no way somebody's going to win a million dollars. And sure enough, they did. So do you have a flat track fact of the week for this week? The stat of the week is from Greg Pearson. Springer set a new track record at Peoria in 1983 on an XR750, 26.61 seconds. That time would have been fastest in 2018 and second fastest in 2017. 1983. I was three. I was 11. I was three. Um, that's crazy, dude. Puppy. To, to, to think that 
those times are holding up with with recent years and that's back in the day with no suspension hardly at all insane and the great big jump now we have a a two-tier jump they call it Mm -hmm. um but that's nuts that's haul in the mail that's crazy that was one that I always look look forward to going to, man. It's going to be a hell of a race this year, too, I think, with everything building up to it. I sure hope so. I can't wait. And Henry Wiles, uh, you know, he's trying the Indian at all the other races. Will he stay on the Indian to keep his contingency? No. Hmm. No. The, thought, the plot thickens. No, it doesn't. The answer is no. Dude. You think he will? Some money. Uh, we'll see. We gotta have him on to talk some Peoria. It's always fun to talk to old Henry before we lead into Peoria. I'm gonna go, man. I'm. Uh, I've got a lot of stuff to do. I gotta edit this down. I got a lot of stuff to do before I, before I fly out tonight. Okay, I'll see you in Colorado. I hope you do, man. I mean, I hate to jinx after two weeks of no flat track racing, but I, I would rather you come hang out in Colorado. I'm just kidding. I want to get a flat track race in. I, I, I hope it happens. I hope you know. Hope hope we get the, hope we get it in, especially for Roger Hayden and the whole Hayden family. But if it doesn't, I'll see you in Colorado. Sounds good. All right, bye. Wait, you got to tell the people what to do. Smash that like button. Tell all your friends. Send us your feedback. Send us a comment. Try to reply to everybody. Also, thanks for a few guys that stopped by and saw me at the Springfield TT. Handed out a few stickers out there. So uh, appreciate all the fans, all the love. And uh, keep it coming. If you get a sticker, you got to post it on the social medias and tag Off the Groove. For uh, Instagram, it's Off the Groove TV. Yes. And then what else Scotty do we have? Scotty Dubler, S C O T T I E D E U B L E R. Dubler. Scotty Dubes. We have the Facebook page, Off the Groove. Post them there. Post them wherever you can find them. But let us see those stickers. We love seeing stickers, we love giving away stickers. So get in touch with us we like giving away stickers i don't know if i told you that we like giving away stickers but we like giving away stickers are you delirious a little bit um i'm gonna go edit this and then pack up for uh denver okay peace talk to you next week peace